Hello, and welcome to the Divorced Advocate, where we help dads create a healthier and less traumatic divorce. My name is Jude Sandoval, and I am your host. Today, you're going to have the privilege of listening to a um, summit recording that, uh, that I appeared at, at the Role Model Makers Health, Wealth, and Wisdom Summit a few weeks ago. It was a fantastic opportunity to talk about getting a fresh start from divorce. So I hope that you find some value in that. I also wanted to remind you that the divorce quiz is still up at the website at thedivorcedadvocate.com. Click on the tab that says Divorce Quiz. It's a great uh, tool to help you to gauge where you're at during or after divorce compared to others who have gone through divorce. If you spend the 10, 15 minutes going through the questions, it's gonna, it's gonna spit out uh, some results for you. If you're interested, you can schedule a time with me and we can analyze those results and see where we might be able to help you. So check that out at the divorcedadvocate.com and click on Divorce quiz tab. And now the Health, Wealth, and Wisdom Summit, where I get to talk with Kimberly Crow about getting a fresh start from divorce. I hope you enjoy. Um, Jude, before we get started in this really critically important topic, tell us how did you become an expert in this area? Oh my gosh. Um, well, I was married for 11 years and I have three beautiful daughters who are now 15, 13, and 11. So um, you notice some of my gray hairs now that I've got three, teen, three teenage girls or two teenage and, and one preteen girl. But um, I was uh, after 11 years, got a, a divorce in my, my daughters. That was about nine years ago now. And they were six, four and two. And as I'm sure everybody who you've just pulled who has experienced divorce is, it was an unbelievably chaotic and challenging and difficult time. And there's actually research that supports this. It's one of the, I think, top two most stressful things that people uh, de determine in, in their lives. And in going through that, it was just an incredible challenge. And as I began to work with men in my coaching practice, I started to see that not only was there that my experience was that it was very challenging to find resources specifically, and I work very closely with divorced dads, uh, but the stuff we're going to talk about today is universal principles around, uh, around divorce and how we get uh, a fresh start from divorce. But I found that there were a lot of challenges in finding um, resources for dads who are either going through divorce or divorced. And then I started talking more with the, the men that are working in my coaching practice and the, the experience was the same. So I started to, to, to work towards moving in, trying to figure out and, and learn about how men experience divorce and how that works in conjunction with, um, how that works in conjunction with uh, women going through divorce and how to make a healthier and less traumatic 
divorce process. And so uh, a lot of this has is derived from from my experiences and my experience was seriously, I said on my website, a case study in, uh, in going through the challenges of divorce, whether that's uh, the court process or, or co-parenting or parenting teenagers. <laughs> if anybody's out there has teenagers, we know all know about those challenges. So, um, and just deriving from, all of that, and then all of the of the men that I've coached and I'm coaching in, in private practice about, uh, you know, how to do it in a more a more healthy manner. And I'll tell you what, a lot of this, uh, a lot of this, Kimberly is, uh, you know, me learning and teaching and trying to share from my mistakes because, God knows, I made a lot of them. But also in looking back. Uh, in, in having some hindsight of nine nine years now, there are a lot of things that I did right, unwittingly, okay. <laughs> admitted, admitted, you know, admittedly, unwittingly did a lot of things right as well. And so what I've tried to do now is refine that into a process that is um, that is step by step and proven that allows uh, anybody to go through this in a in a more productive, healthier manner. Because ultimately. In doing so, we're going to have a profound impact on our children, which can, you know, go, you know, have a generational effect, if you will, uh, if we can do this in a in a healthy and a less traumatic manner. Yeah, I definitely can see that, um, and I'm glad that you're out there giving that advice out there because there are so many people who do struggle with this topic, right? They're they're going through it like they're the first ones and the only ones to ever have gone through it. There's probably an element in there of shame as well. Is that correct? Oh wow, shame is a really really big one, and and shame and and that's one of the couple of things that that I want to to talk about today is is that we get these uh, adaptive behaviors that result from our childhood and our experiences in growing up and the shame one is one that i i felt a lot and and was a challenge for me um, because of my childhood and so these adaptive behaviors are literally things that we learn personality traits way to ways to deal with stuff that help us get through our early our, our childhood or our early adulthood that we then bring into our relationships that then don't necessarily serve us very well and and an example of that would be somebody and, and i'm using basically you're going to find all these examples are from my life right <laughs> and I, but they're but but they're also backed with uh with a, a lot of 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 uh, research that um, that people go through these different things and and one of them is these adaptive behaviors and shame is one of them but um one of them would be overgiving if you're like an over over giver and that would be something that then can have uh that can turn into what i call a maladaptive behavior then in your relationship and then what happens is that throws things out of balance. If you're overgiving, somebody's under, you know, undergiving, not, you know, not performing in the relationship or making enough effort in the, in the relationship, there can build resentment. So that's just, that's just one example, but it's a great opportunity during divorce that we can take a look at kind of step back and say, Hey, what was it 
what is it that it, that I'm doing that uh, that is potentially leading to the result that I'm getting? And and if you want to know if you're doing something right or wrong in a relationship or anything, and this is kind of a business concept, but you can apply it to relationships also is what is the result you're getting? Mm. <laughs> so are you getting the result you want? Well, in divorce, we know that we haven't gotten the result that we wanted. So, so oftentimes, and the men that are coming to work with me and, and everybody that, that goes to a therapist during this time or seeks some sort of help is looking for an answer to, to a result that the, that was not uh, a positive outcome, at least in, in, the, in their mind. Now, the, the, uh, the point I do want to make today is that this can be, it might not seem like a positive, but this can be a fresh start. It can truly be an opportunity going forward. And so before everybody clicks off and says, hey, this guy's crazy, stop. You know, there's nothing about this divorce or being divorced or going through divorce that is uh, an opportunity. I promise you that it absolutely can be if you're going to do things like identify the adaptive behaviors or what's become now a, a maladaptive behavior on dealing with something like shame um, or grief would be, which would be one of those first steps. And, and what I've, I've done is I've, I've built a step-by-step -step, um, proven method to go through this process uh, and, and make it healthier, less traumatic, and then, and then help you really rebuild from, if you will, the, the ashes of your relationship so that you can go forward and have a healthy relationship in the future. But, and this is in the context of what we're talking about today, model something for your children that is really a phenomenal opportunity uh. going forward because in this tragic challenging and hey let's just let's not deny it. it's it is challenging it is difficult it is heartbreaking there's a lot of emotion there's a lot of difficulties and challenges in going through it but there's a huge opportunity particularly with your children to show them how to persevere through this process and actually make it something better and that's a, a just a it's a it's a life lesson that there's few others that will will match that for your children yeah i think if we are demonstrating behaviors to our children you know like taking responsibility for what went wrong what we're doing and our actions going forward um you know and what we contributed to and and not just either playing the victim role or pointing the finger right either right. one of those are going to demonstrate not great behaviors to our kids uh and being able to take responsibility for uh, I think that it's used in um, therapy a lot. Our side of the street, is that correct? Yes, absolutely. And, and let's talk, let's just talk uh, briefly about that in, in the first thing, because this, this whole process is so charged with so many emotions and they, and they come up at inconvenient times. And that's really the, the first step in trying to sort through this, uh, th this, this whole thing is identifying what those emotions are and, uh, and, and learning to deal with them. And in the first step really in that is just have the emotion. You talked about shame, right? And that is, a, it's sometime a de dehabilitating uh, emotion and feeling. It can, it, it can be, especially if you don't know how to deal with it. And I, and I, I mean, seriously, that took me years to work through the, the shame component and shame spirals and, and all that, that stuff. But 
don't judge yourself if you're having an emotion and that doesn't, and that's all emotions. They're all emotions. They just come up. You don't have control over them. It can be happy. Like Kimberly, nobody's ever saying to you, Kimberly, why the heck are you so happy today? Why are you being so happy? Why are you so cheerful? But when you're sad, you get that a lot. Or, or when you're angry, you get that a lot. So try not to judge the emotions that you're having, particularly during this process, because they are, just emotions. They're not behaviors, right? We need to separate that because especially the ones that we quote unquote call negative emotions, we, we have judgment around them. They're not bad because they're not behaviors. They're just emotions. Now the key is what you do with those emotions, right? So if you're having, uh, and, and this can go you know, this can be uh, not a positive here if you're overly happy or, or you're doing, you know, or you're having negative or bad feelings or you're depressed. Like, so like an extreme of any is not necessarily good. So, you know, understanding that they come up and then doing something about them is, is good. So that's, that's the key part is have the emotions and identify that you're having the emotions. And I talk about, so, so, so one of them, one that was really challenging for me was the transition with my daughters uh, for parenting time. And we do uh, the transition and I drop them off and then I go to work and it just, it, it would hit me. These emotions would hit me at just like in the middle of a meeting, like I thought I'd think about them go, you know, walking away from the car, or not seeing them for a week. And then you just, like this emotion just comes up and they come up at the most inconvenient times, but that's okay. If you can, if you can have the, if you can recognize that you're having an emotion, whatever that may be, that is the first start, you know, the first step in, in, in learning and understanding this process. And you're going to have a ton of them and it's going to range. And, and when we do the workshops and we do the class, we talk about some of the most common uh, emotions that, that come up. Can we, then, can we get into some of those? Cause I know yeah. we talk about shame, but there are so many, there are so many others that might come up. And if, do you only primarily work with men or do you yeah. only work with men? No. Um, well, I primarily work with a uh, divorce or divorced or divorcing dads, but okay. um, this system and all these principles are universal because we all feel emotions, right? Boys well, feel yes, emotions but... contrary to some beliefs and, you know, and men feel emotions. And, and I'll tell you, here's a little, here is a, here's a misconception is that divorce and, and breakups for, for do not impact men equally uh, as much as women. Men are in their beds curled up and crying and upset. And we just don't talk about it or we don't, you know, so that's really key. And I want to get into that because I think that's really, really powerful that, that this may be the first time that a man has experienced a plethora of emotions all at once because of something this traumatic. Now it doesn't have to be from divorce. It could be from a variety of different things, but oftentimes as young children, boys are told to either man up or that's not, you know, like we don't do that. We don't cry. We don't feel those things. And yeah. let's use logic and let's use reason. And 
emotion or for the girls or whatever. And that can be, that's why I asked if you primarily work with men, because this can be the first time they've ever really experienced a flood of emotions that they didn't have the ability to stuff down, which is actually a really good thing in hindsight, yes. but there's a variety of them. It's not just, it could be shame. It could also be depression. It could just be sadness. It could be, um, it could be some levels of elation, right? Like finally, I don't have to have these arguments all the time. It could yeah. be some levels of all kinds of different things, right? Um, and and what are some of the other emotions that people experience? Yeah, that's that's absolutely true. And and so that's why this is a huge opportunity, particularly for men, and because just our masculine natures in general like to be orderly and like to be not chaotic, like to be very um, you know linear and very logical, like you said. And so having all of this at, at, in divorce and all at once, and particularly about 70% of, of, of men, they're, they're the, the women file for divorce. So whatever the behaviors, this is a surprise for them. So this becomes very chaotic. So it's not just one feeling, like you said, or one emotion, like you said, it's many that all come up. And so that's why it's so incredibly hard. And, and one that is very, very prominent and very challenging is grief. grief. Oh, yes. Is dealing with the, the grief of the ending of the relationship. And I know that that was one for me. I didn't deal with it until like years and years later, primarily because I didn't even realize that I had not grieved so many parts of the ending of my relationship. And that can be more than just the loss of your partner love relationship. You could be grieving many different things. You could be grieving uh, the fact that you no longer have the traditional family that you thought you were going oh, to yeah. have. Yeah. Or you could be grieving all of the the effort and thought you put into building a house or, or making a, a home a, or a house a home, or you could be grieving the, the idea of, uh, of what kind of father you were supposed to be. And so this grief is really incredibly challenging, particularly if you don't deal with it, because then you just internalize it and keep stuffing it down. And there's a, and there's a process in going through, through grief that you have to do. And it's not just one time. And that's the, that's the really difficult thing is, so then when I first did, it, I was like, oh, okay, I'm great. I'm going to grieve through the end of my relationship. And then I found like, oh man, I'm, I'm still, what's going on? I still am feeling upset about this. And, uh, you know, I, I still have all these, uh, you know, when you have these emotions, you have different things that will come up and different, you might be, um, you know, you might be sighing or might have mood changes or, or all these different symptoms of grief. And there's, uh, there's a whole bunch of different symptoms of grief. So uh, if you're, if you're, your normal personality and normally how you are is kind of off, that's usually a good indication of that you're having some of these emotions come up that you might not uh, be paying attention to, and your body's trying to trying to prompt you to understand, and that's why we get these, you know, severe emotions that come up because it's at that point that it's finally saying, okay, well, you're not paying attention to all of these other symptoms that I've been that I've been telling you to. Maybe you're not you're feeling low energy or, or any one of these other ones. So I'm gonna you know I'm gonna push up this emotion to you right away because then you cannot ignore it. It's gonna be right there in, in your face. 
And so in, 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 in dealing with that, it's going to be ongoing. There's not just like, you're going to do it and be done. It's going to come up with maybe something else again. And then you're going to have to rework through that, that grief process and just continue to, to do that. And, and why this is really good also is you can share this with your kids. It's a great, great opportunity, in, especially for fathers, for fathers to be able to say, hey, I'm feeling sad today. And this is why I'm feeling sad today. And let your kids know that, oh, it's okay that I'm, I'm feeling sad. It's all right to feel sad. Or I'm angry today. And this is why I'm angry because again, anger is just an emotion, right? It's what we do with those emotions that then determines whether it's a positive or, or, uh, or, or, or a negative, right? And the anger one is kind of the sister one to grief because mm -hmm. part of the grieving process, the second step is anger, being angry about whatever it is that, that happened. And, and that's really, um, uh, socially acceptable, let's say when you're grieving the, the death of somebody, because we have this whole process for grieving through other things like, like the, the loss of a, of a loved one who, who passes away, but we don't in, in relationships or in, in divorce. And so that's why it's good to be able to do that and good to be able to share it with your family and with your children, because then it takes all that stigma out of it. So, you know, we always get, uh, oftentimes, I don't want to say always, that's a generalization is that, oh, he's angry, you know, or, or, or the, or the little boys are angry and, and we want them to not be angry. It's okay. Anger is okay. It's what you do with that anger. Once you experience it, that's going to have, you know, it's going to determine whether that's good or bad. And that's why we talk about making it healthier, less traumatic, right? So, it can be healthier if you're expressing that. And hopefully you have a therapist or a coach or somebody that's working you through this because, okay, here's my mistake. I had a friend and God bless him. He was there for me. We could have a beer and talk, but Kimberly, your friends don't always have the best advice for you. They're not trained. They're not therapists. They're not coaches. They're, you know, you, if you can get into some sort of relationship like that, it is incredibly helpful because then like it took me years because I'm doing this blindly going around in the dark, trying to figure this out. And if I had just maybe one person that wasn't my friend saying, Oh, you just got to go out and have some fun. Well, that probably was not the best thing for me to do. I probably need to be staying home, meditating and journaling and thinking about this stuff more than going out and having fun. Um, but, but that will help. And so that's where you can take the, the something like anger and instead of it being traumatic where you're, you're blowing up and, um, you know, uh, raging and out of control and scaring the kids and, you know, the neighborhood or anything else, you're able to take that and, and utilize it as a positive. You can communicate it. You can look inside and understand why. And then it, it can actually be a tool for, for creating a deeper relationship. Because if you can talk about stuff like this, particularly with your children, um, 
um, or hopefully your 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 spouse, right? Before it becomes before it becomes such an issue that you have to get a divorce, that then it can deepen a relationship because you can go through that communication process of talking about what those emotions are before you just have that knee jerk uh, reaction to the emotion. Oh. So Jude, we actually have a question that came up uh, from okay. Naveen. He says, mm -hmm. how, how did you deal with the transition pain that you talked about? Yeah, the transition pain. So it, de it, it depends on when it comes up, number one. So like if you're in the middle of a, a, a work day and it's not a, a great opportunity to just take the time to address it, you can do something like just go to the bathroom or restroom or close your office door and take, take a minute, take some deep breaths to just let that emotion. I think they say emotions last about 19 seconds at most, something like that. So if you can get through that emotion, and this is a good one with anger too, right? Because anger, the first thing you want to do is something like, oh, so if you can take those 19 seconds and compose yourself, and then if you have an opportunity to deal with it then, and uh, whether that's journaling or if you uh, meditate and you want to take some time or you have a therapy session and you want to talk about it in therapy, then that's, that's good. You can do it right there. But if it's not, and oftentimes it's not, right, because you get these triggers that, that, that trigger them. And like I said, it's our body saying, okay, it's time for you to deal with this. You're not dealing with it. Um, make sure to schedule time later to come back to it. Because ah, when it becomes like not just, oh, I forgot about it. So exactly. it's gone now because yeah. it may come up at an inopportune time next time. Is that right? Oh, oh I guarantee you it will. <laughs> and it won't stop, Kimberly, until you deal with it, right? Because that's then those maladaptive behaviors we talked about in the beginning where we continue to repeat these behaviors because we haven't stopped to look and that's why that this you know we when i teach these classes that first step is identifying these emotions and just being the the witness of that it's happening so and and you can do this by just saying okay you can put the emotion let's say on a, in a box i'm going to put it in a box i'm going to put it up on a shelf i've got my shelf i know later when i get home from work i'm going to have some time after dinner I'm going to sit down i'm going to take that box off the shelf i'm going to open it up i'm going to let that emotion come back out and maybe I'm going to write about it, right? That's a, that's a good thing. Or if it's an anger issue, maybe I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go to, uh, uh, I'm going to go to the batting cages, right? I'm going to, you know, hit some, hit some, hit some balls at the batting cages or the driving range or, or now they have those, those destroy rooms where you destroy stuff. You can do all kinds of crazy stuff. So, or you're going to scream in a pillow or you're going to cry. Right? Are you just going to cry? So a productive expression of the emotion, but not the. I love, 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 Jude, how you separated the emotion from the behavior, right? Yeah. So the emotion is, I feel this. And then the behavior is what you're going to do about that, right? And it could be yes. something, we'll take it out of the realm of divorce for a second. It could be like, I am hungry. All right. Well, what are you going to do about that, right? Like, are you going to eat everything that's in the refrigerator and the Ben and Jerry's and all of it? Or is your behavior going to be like, all right, let's be a little more reasonable with this and let's do it in a product, like let's feed ourselves in a productive way. Same thing with the other emotions, right? If I'm angry, that's great. I'm having this anger and there's, I'm not going to repress it, but I want to express it in a behavior that is appropriate. Is that correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. And then again, going back to that modeling, right? So, and, and this was, God, this was such a, um, 
uh, aha moment for me is when I finally realized that by doing this is being an opportunity, but my children were always watching. They learn more from us watching us than we want to just tell them everything. So if I'm doing these things, if they're seeing me in a difficult, challenging situation, which it is when you're a single parent and you come home from work and you got to get homework done and you got to get dinner done and you got to pay the bills and you got all this stuff going on. And then, uh, and then, uh, you know, the, the phone breaks or, or you can't communicate something. And it's, it's just a stressful situation. They see that you can do this, that you can take that time and you can do it in front of your kids. You just, what are you doing? I'm, I'm just taking a minute kids to, you know, get myself composed. That's a great, great lesson. And then they'll start maybe asking you and, and, and maybe you need to say, well, we can talk about it a little bit later, but um, it's a great modeling opportunity for them again, to just, Hey, this is how you deal with this stuff. Because frankly, I don't know about you, Kimberly, but this is not anything that was ever taught to me in school, not anything that was ever taught to me by my parents. And, and then we just are kind of like, going along without it's like playing a game like this game of life without knowing any rules right well let's talk a little bit about that piece like there are many men and women as well but i feel like men feel this a little bit more or experience this a little bit more like if my marriage failed i don't know who i am without being married i i must be a failure myself um i i i identify with being a person in a relationship and mm -hmm. now suddenly i'm not that so now i have to look at myself as a person who is single um but also i may be experiencing things like and i'm a failure and i can't make things happen the way i thought i could make things happen and i don't know how this happened to me so all of those things sort of coming up like coming into I really thought I had this figured out. I thought I could buy the house and have the kids and have the marriage. And then, then that would stay had, right? Like, right. Nobody can take that away from me, but then right. having that have be removed and whether they chose it or they were the person who didn't choose it, that can be very alarming to be like, Oh, now I'm not what I thought I was. Yeah. Well, and that's where, you know, after you're, dealing with those emotions because these are all the emotions are coming up you're taking the time hopefully you're you're going through this process like we talked about of identifying that you've got emotions coming up taking the time to to work through those and then that next step is start to identify what you brought to or didn't bring to the relationship that has not uh, that has not allowed you to get the result that you want and no matter what no matter what relationship it is it's taken two to get the results that uh, that you have so there's always culpability in whatever behaviors that that you've brought to it and and that overgiving undergiving one is another good example because if you're an overgiver even if the other person comes into the relationship as not as an undergiver there's a high probability you're going to train them to be under uh, an undergiver because you're overgiving and that's your and 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 that's not being an overgiver is not better than being an undergiver right you might think well i'm doing more and i'm better and da 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 but that's not necessarily good because that's creating a unhealthy balance to a relationship and you're literally training the other person to you know it's it, it to not be empowered to be their own person so so you know that's where then 
taking the time. And that's why I love working with divorced or divorcing dads because they're very open to what you just said. Holy cow. Now all of what I, what you just laid out is I bought the house. I've got the family that's not there anymore. So who am I? What is this about? How do I fix it? Oh yeah. Et cetera. Oh and, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I and, feel and that. Long, yeah, yeah. Right. How do I fix it? Yep. Right. Right. And, and also a lot of men do what your friend suggested. I think you said your friend suggested it like, yeah. oh, go out and have fun. This is your free again. You have the opportunity yeah. to, and is that really the healthiest next step? Is there some of that that's needed? Do people do too much of it, too little of it? Do they get secluded and not, and they're afraid to get into new relationships or do they go out and they're like, ah, it's a free for all now. Like how does, or is there a balance in between or is there something that needs to be done first? You mentioned journaling. Sure. So I, I would say that was that, a lot of questions. I'm yeah, sorry. Was, you can pick any okay. of that. I, I got I got exactly <laughs> what you're trying to get at. Um, so so the, I would say that depends on what you're looking for, but it's incredibly important to surround yourself with community because you don't want to go through this alone. And often when we get into our family units, we kind of get siloed and oh, maybe, yeah. um, you know, and then that is all breaking apart. So you feel very alone and, and, and lonely. And so having community and being involved and still being able to, to talk with people now, um, whether that's going out and getting in another relationship and doing that, it depends on the person, but really, if you think about it, you got all these emotions coming up. You don't really know who you are anymore. You're going through this chaotic process. You've got kids. You got, it's probably not a great time to be trying to to dive into something new or really just being out there um, going out all the time. Because what that's it's doing two things is, is one, it's, di it's distracting you from the work that you probably need to be doing because Ooh, if Dude, that is so powerful. Are yeah. you distracting yourself yeah. with these behaviors by doing something that's going to take your mind off of what you need to be doing. Yeah. Oh, that was, oh, I, that should be like a large bumper sticker. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah, so why are all these emotions coming up? Why is the, why didn't you get the result? Maybe you just need to be stopping to pay attention to what that is, because it's gonna keep coming up. And, and I always say this, Kimberly, because I did it the wrong way, right? I was out there and not paying attention, and I'll tell you what, it just kept coming and keep coming and that is painful that is painful and if you want to you know if you want the process to be something that can be uh, an opportunity like we talked about we'll come full circle now you need to take that time to be in that pain sooner than later and i and i liken it to when we're physically trying to get fit we know we got to go to the gym or we need to do the exercise and that that's painful. We're going to be sore. We've got to make the time for it. We need to be uh, diligent in it and focused on it. And this, but we don't often think about the mental, emotional pain in building to a, you know, a better opportunity in the future. So it's the same concept of being in that pain. Don't ignore it. Don't try to wash over it. Don't try to repress it. It's going to keep coming up and that those behaviors are going to keep happening. And so if you push it down by going out and then just get into the next relationship. Trust me, it's going to come back up again. And then you're going to be repeating that, that thing that's over and over again. And then that's where it's not a great example for, for your kids. If they see that you just like, if you were exercising with them or show, you know, 
are modeling a, a, a healthy uh, a healthy lifestyle and exercising and they get into it right then that's the same thing of going through the mental and emotional stuff and going through that pain and then exercising that uh, uh, those behaviors in order to be healthier mentally emotionally just like you would physically in the in the future so and it's not it's it's not easy right getting yourself physically fit and healthy is not easy and it's painful mentally emotionally it's not easy and painful and the problem and the challenge in our society is we've got all of these distractions from the second we wake up pick up that phone or you know whatever to the time we go to bed we could be distracted nonstop so it, it, it takes a conscious effort uh, to do that and go through those steps we talked about dealing with your emotions identifying them you know figuring out how to how to get through those and then identifying your adaptive behaviors maladaptive behaviors and then making the changes necessary for that but it's definitely definitely possible wonderful all right so you actually have a gift for our audience sort of a gift it's a divorce quiz is that right yes this is the okay. coolest thing because what it does is it allows you to gauge kind of where you're at what we we're just talking about in that mental and emotional place in your divorce or post-divorce compared to others who have gone through it so the the workshops and the classes that that i teach are um are, are based upon uh this uh these six different areas in in which we identify and then we try to work through dealing with those and the couple of them we talked about today were the emotions and anger and grief and and then the adaptive behaviors and what this quiz this quiz does it's going to gauge where you are at compared to the other other people who have gone through this 19-step process of uh of, of divorce and have have rebuilt their lives uh and then so you can kind of gauge that you can you can see where you're at and then you can identify what it is that you can you can work on because we all have blind spots right and i still take the test and even if even every time i teach the class i take the test and i see okay well maybe this is something i need to work on because like we said at the beginning these things are going to keep coming up keep coming up and it's just part of life that we just keep identifying them being aware of them and uh and work through them all right fantastic well unfortunately we are at time um but i'm very excited that you were here with us to share information with us about uh divorce and what we need to know and this works for men and women um yeah. but all but specifically you generally work with men is that correct dads you said is that correct divorced or divorcing dads yeah divorced or divorcing dads do you ever i just out of curiosity do you ever turn things around do you ever walk them back do, do people ever walk back in like fix fix that's a guy that's I, a guy fix, and yeah. <laughs> they ever fix things and then repair their relationship and and are they able to sure. walk back into that marriage absolutely i have clients hey. that's um that were they're very um conscientious about about divorce and taking it very seriously and want to make sure that they you know if if you can fix the relationship nobody wants to go through divorce kimberly and if you can do things to uh to reconcile and and go forward and repair the relationship that's always the best uh the best path to to go sometimes it's not possible but if you can do that it's absolutely 
um, the, the best way to go. And, and, and I'll just also add that everybody, whether you're a, a male or a woman, you know somebody who's going through a divorce who's a dad. It might be a brother, it might be a son, it might be just a friend. So the, the work we're doing here is to build community, to give support for that. And that helps everybody because then those divorced or divorcing dads are in better relationships with women uh, who are also the mothers of sons and, and, and our brothers and sisters. And so this is just helps everybody. Awesome. Okay. Well, up next, we have two additional speakers. It's going to be amazing. We actually, I'm going to be on with Dr. L. Uh, he's going to talk about the fundamentals of healthy eating. We also have Nancy Lee Bentley coming up talking about, do you really have the guts to be healthy, wealthy, and wise? I love it. <laughs> totally appropriate for this particular summit. Uh, very excited about that. So stay tuned at the top of the hour for that. But before we let you go, Jude, I've had a wonderful time. I've learned a lot and really, really appreciate you're giving to our audience before we let you go any final words for our crew oh uh, it's just been a it's been a pleasure being here with you kimberly i sincerely appreciate dr l and the role model maker community that that he has uh, built up and just encourage everybody to to get is more involved with role model maker and dr l and all the speakers that are here today because they're doing a phenomenal job in helping other people and that's just a blessing Awesome. All right. Well, um, our team said they had fun. I don't know if it was fun talking about before. I guess it was fun <laughs> because we learned that we could have a little bit of, of, of self uh, control or handle the situation ourselves a little bit better. Um, so thank you very much for that gift to the audience. We really appreciate that. I hope you guys uh, checked out the divorce quiz. Um, we'll put that link in the chat again as we run out of here and we'll see you back at the top of the hour. I'm Kimberly Crow for Health, Wealth and Wisdom Summit, the Parents Edition. We'll see you next time. Cheers. Cheers. That was an amazing speaker. We're here with Dr. L from RoleModelMaker.com. He's on a mission to support, inspire, and empower as many people as possible to step into their thrive and leave a legacy. Join us back at the top of the hour.